Are you looking for a way to support a loved one in recovery or show your own journey in a tangible way? Look no further than Simply Sober. Our recovery-based apparel company provides clothing, accessories, and activities designed to empower and support those on their journey to recovery. From sober-themed t-shirts, meaningful jewelry, and powerful recovery content, we have something for everyone. So let us help you express your recovery journey. Visit our website, simplysober.biz, today. It has been said that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, it's human connection. Here, we connect anonymously. This is Addicts in the Dark with Quick Nick. Take a break from the chaos of everyday life and find relaxation and meditation in the pages of the new adult coloring book offered by Simply Sober. Coloring supports relaxation and stress reduction and resembles soothing meditation. So get your copy for under 10 bucks at simplysober.biz. Caller 33 and their story about addiction. Addicts in the dark. Hi. Hi. How are you? Um, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, fine. Fine is a good way for me to put it too. Anyways, maximum of an hour, no names, no locations. Okay. Unless you have any questions, tell me your story about addiction. So my father is a sober alcoholic and he's been sober for 35 years and I'm about to turn 28. So he's been sober like even from before I was born which is awesome however the gene is definitely still there of the alcoholism and so I almost feel like I didn't even get a fighting chance with all that and then I was raised by my mom and she had custody of me and she was part of an ayahuasca church and I don't want that to be like looped into substance abuse, but it did definitely change my psyche because she was drinking ayahuasca when she was pregnant with me and breastfeeding. And like, I definitely drank it as a child because I just didn't really understand that it was a psychedelic. Like it was definitely just a very spiritual experience and it was a church and all of that. And I don't regret it or have any bad feelings about it, but I know for a fact it changed my psyche and it amplified mental health issues that I've struggled with my whole life. And before you move on, can you tell us a little bit more about ayahuasca, what it is and and what ayahuasca ceremonies are? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, ayahuasca is a tea. It's like a hallucinogenic tea and it's made from a plant and people drink it to self reflect. And it just brings, things out of you and it gives you a heightened state of awareness and so the church I am a part or I was a part of basically it would just be people meeting twice a month 
and sitting in a semicircle and drinking this tea and meeting God and having these breakthroughs and asking questions like anything beyond the rainbow. And it was a very beautiful community and people are so kind and their whole motive is just like they want to amplify their spiritual practices so that they can be better people for the collective and for society. And it's funny because as far as like the real partying and stuff, I was such a late bloomer with all the partying and all that. Where I grew up, kids definitely moved really fast with like drugs, sex, and alcohol. And I was like a total nerd and was bullied all the time. And so I didn't party and I didn't get invited to these parties. But then um, my sophomore year of high school, I got raped. And that just really sent me into this spiral where I just didn't want to feel my feelings. And then I started experimenting with drinking and weed. And then senior year, I had another incident where I'm already having all this trauma from being raped. And that was my first time having sex too. So that just like really fucked me up. And then um, my senior year, I had a very abusive boyfriend. And to make a long story short, he leaked private pictures I sent him. And this was in like 2012. And there was no Me Too movement. And there was no advocacy for victims. For at least that's how I felt. And so because I just felt so dirty and I was blamed for this horrible thing that happened to me, I was also blamed for like being raped. Like I just had so many feelings that I wouldn't wish on anyone, but especially like a teenage girl when being a teenager is already so fucking hard. I was, I just couldn't deal with it. So I started getting really into pills and my friend had a Xanax prescription and he would, his family was very wealthy and they would just pay off this doctor to like get him more pills, like whenever he wanted. So he was just like always, always had these pills. And so I would just take Xanax constantly. I was like smoking painkillers and I barely graduated high school because I was just high all the time and drinking and all that. And I started partying more and I get into college And it's just the cycle continues, but it's worse because I don't have my parents to really see what's going on. And even when I was like in high school, they just gave up on me. They were like, you're too fucking crazy. And they just kind of like, let me go. And so yeah, college was way worse with the drinking and the pills. And then I got really into raves and I started doing Molly all the time. And then still drinking and all that and weed. Every day was weed. I would like eat edibles for breakfast, take dabs during class. And I know that people think that you can't get addicted to weed, but like I was not using it in a conscious way. And so I do see it as part of my drug of choice to just numb all my feelings because I just had such overwhelming feelings of just feeling worthless and dirty and sad and not wanting to come to terms with what happened to me. And also, I thought it was my fault. I was like, fuck all that. I'm just going to party. And like that continued for years. I ended up dropping out of college because I was failing. And I stopped doing Molly. Not not because I wanted to like consciously, I just kind of got scared because of fentanyl. But then I was still doing Coke. So it was like, I don't know (laughs) where my logic was there. And I ended up moving to another town where 
it's a very small town and there's not a lot to do so people party a lot. And so then I got introduced to ketamine. And so I was all of the above that I already mentioned. And then I was doing ketamine and I feel like it was just no progress, just good times. And on the surface, I always had a job. I never had a DUI. I, on the outside, it just looked like, wow, like this is just a girl that parties all the time and just has all these friends and travels and is a free spirit. But like, I feel nobody knew like how bad things actually were because I was just running away from myself. And I slowly started dropping off substances, not really because like I wanted to. I just, I did kind of start to notice that the lifestyle I was living was, it wasn't fun and quirky because I, I feel like I just made my whole personality being this like chaotic train wreck party girl and I'm now in my late 20s and I was like damn like okay people are like getting married and starting families and I'm just like out here thinking it's funny to like drunkenly injure myself and like do a bunch of drugs it's just not cool so I stopped doing ketamine because it just made me feel weird and then I stopped doing coke because I got into a public altercation with this guy that I used to date and I saw him there with his new girlfriend and I just completely spiraled. I ended up getting banned from that bar and it it was a very public spectacle. And so I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do coke anymore because it makes me feel angry. And then I stopped doing psychedelics because I felt I was getting too introspective and it just, it became not fun anymore. I feel like I became like too self-aware and I still struggle with that to this day of just feeling like so self-aware. I'm like really self-conscious and like that is a whole other thing. Well, and- I actually want to ask you about it because being too self-aware like addiction can become an obsession. Self-awareness for someone can be so excessive that it can lead to self-consciousness and self-criticism and self-doubt that is so heightened that it interferes with their ability to function effectively in the rest of their life. For sure. Like I'm constantly just like checking in with myself, like, Oh, did I hurt that person's feelings? Oh, am I doing this right? Am I being weird right now? Like, do I look weird right now walking through the store? Like, Oh, do you think I upset this person because I said this or like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't ask them how they were doing when they asked me that that's bad. I should be more thoughtful to other people. I guess, yeah, just like the shameful awareness of myself of just like, you're never going to be good enough or something. I don't know. And to clarify, your concern was that you experienced excessive self-awareness while you were sober as a result of using drugs. Yeah, exactly. Like I definitely, especially psychedelics, like definitely changed my psyche, like to the point where I just feel introspective about literally everything. And I read into stuff way too much as well. Because when you're on psychedelics, like you're kind of going through these mind journeys. And I just did it way too much. Like during COVID and stuff, I was eating mushrooms all the time and just trying to like find God. And like, I don't know, I'm not like, I guess I don't really regret those times, but it definitely had an effect on my psyche that I didn't really think it was going to. I thought I was healing myself. So I quit the other drugs and then I was still drinking. And I feel like I just started drinking more because I wasn't doing anything else. And I, would try so hard to quit drinking. Like I would tell myself like, Oh, I'm only going to drink on holidays and people's birthdays. 
or okay, I'm going to not drink for a month. And I couldn't even make it a week. And then that turned into a couple days. And I still feel like people didn't realize that I had a problem because I, on the surface, I seemed to have it together. But anytime there was like a birthday dinner, I couldn't drive home. Like I would have like just so many drinks, bottomless mimosas, like whatever. Anytime we would go out dancing, like I would just be on the border blocking out pretty much anytime that there is like an event going on or just a social event, I would just black out because I don't know. I just couldn't control myself. I could never just go out for one drink. Even the times that my friends would say like, okay, we're going to go get a drink for me. That was like, okay, I'll have 10 drinks and like not be able to talk at the end of the night. And that was, that kept going until Mother's Day 2022. I already went on a huge bender like the whole week. And then I went to a show and then I didn't even realize it was Mother's Day the next day. And we went to breakfast and I was literally shaking because I, my body was just trying to process everything, all the abuse that I put it through. And like, there are people like, at brunch with their moms because it was Mother's Day. And I didn't even think I called my mom at that point because I just didn't know it was freaking Mother's Day. And I was just looking around and I was looking at my shaking hands and I looked in the mirror. I looked like shit. And I was like, I can't keep doing this. This is so sad. I'm 27. It's Mother's Day. You haven't even called your mom because you just went on a fucking bender. And so then I just was like, okay, I'm going to like quit drinking like for the rest of the week. And it, I just kept it going. It's like every, it's like the, a, I haven't gone to AA, but it is that AA thing where it's like, okay, today I won't drink. And I just kept that going. And I'm lucky that everyone in my life was extremely supportive of it. And I have not felt pressured to drink. And they've been very accommodating. It's like, I don't want to go to a bar or something like that. Or like they're very accommodating if I need to like leave early or yeah, they don't, or they don't do stuff around me, which is nice. So that's been good, but I'm not going to lie and like say that everything got better because I got sober, which I think is a question that a lot of people have is they just think like oh you must have lost like so much weight and like you probably feel so much like healthier and happier and it's like uh, not really because the stuff that I was running away from all came back so I feel like I just have even more intense emotions and I get a lot of emotional triggers easier than I would when I was using because it's like great now I have to like think about all my trauma and relationships are really hard for me because not only do I feel a little emotionally stunted, I kind of feel like I'm stuck. I'm like a teenage or my soul is like a teenage girl. And then I'm like an adult body because like I started using like when I was that age. And so I kind of just got stuck there and yeah, relationships are hard for me because I just have so much trauma around the way men have treated me and it's very difficult. And it's difficult to face those feelings when I have nothing to soothe it. Like I'll meditate and go on walks and I have a lot of hobbies, but nothing can really take it away 
the way that like Xanax can or alcohol can. But I know that if I just kept doing what I was doing, I would either be dead or I'd finally get a DUI one day or like I would ruin my liver and I'd just be dying from the inside out. So it's still definitely a learning curve. And since, like you said, nothing can take that pain away like a Xanax can, maybe we're not always supposed to take the pain away. Maybe we're just supposed to bear the pain in a different way. Yeah, I really need to do a lot of healing. I definitely put so many things on the back burner because I didn't want to feel them. And so now all of those things that I just put in the back of my mind come forward and it's just like, okay, bitch, like you have to deal with this. Like you cannot run away from it anymore. It's not an option. Like my nervous system is letting me know it's not an option. So I am in therapy and, but yeah, I definitely am just trying to bear my feelings and feel just the raw emotions of being human. And I guess a good thing about sobriety is like, I am feeling all aspects of being human with nothing clouding me. And like, even though, yeah, sometimes that is a very painful experience. It also is really beautiful. I feel like everything feels more authentic and my, my bonds with people that I meet are so much more authentic. Cause it's so easy to just be in like a drunk conversation and be like, Oh, like we should hang out. But like the friends that I've met and the people I've talked to, it's like from at least my end, like it is genuine. And that's really nice. Or just being able to go out and dance and be completely sober. Like, I'm really proud of myself for that. And you can get off that emotional roller coaster too with Melissa Armstrong coaching. Go to strongarm.ca for more. And so how long have you been in this recovery for? Um, Since, I guess from alcohol, it's been since May 8th. 2022 and then the other substances I don't really remember I just kind of slowly like stopped using them but I guess like I've been on a quote-unquote like sobriety journey like on and off since like 2020 maybe before that it's hard to say because I would like put I would like stop something else and pick something else up so and I am now I am now crystal clear, completely sober since May eighth, twenty twenty two. Like absolutely nothing. And the reason why I can go to shows is because I genuinely love music. I love music. I play music. I've always loved music. I've always loved to dance. Like I get like a dopamine hit from a good song. And so I don't need drugs. I've realized to be in that environment. Yeah. It's like, of course it's really nice to be like dancing on Molly and being all like fucked up, but also like, I really truly love music. I love live music. And especially like post COVID, I felt so deprived of any live show. So I've just been to so many shows since then. And it's just been amazing. And I'm also just so grateful that I'm like able to do so. And I'm grateful that I'm able bodied and I can dance and all of that. Um, but something I really would like to get out there just because somebody on the surface seems okay. That's just window dressing. If your homie is blacking out every single weekend, they have a substance abuse problem. If they're doing Coke all the time, that's a substance abuse problem. If they're doing ketamine to get rid of physical pain, that's a substance abuse problem. If they can't function without smoking weed in the morning, that's a problem. And I feel like 
so much party culture and drug culture has been normalized in our society and people think that oh a drug addict is somebody that's like living in the alley or like an alcoholic is somebody that like has a bunch of DUIs and it's like no there are people that really seem happy and that they seem like they have a functional life and they could be a functional user and I feel like even some of my friends still I feel like they don't realize like how bad things were and how early all this started just because like, yeah, I've never had a DUI or like I've never been like homeless or something. Like I've always had jobs and I've always had hobbies and a good social life and like physically like looked healthy, I guess, you know, but people can be struggling and you would never know. So I think just, yeah, really pay attention to your homies habits, pay attention to how often they're just trying to take the edge off because like it can just be a secret issue and you would never know. And yeah. You have been one of a couple callers on the show that have talked about being able to go to music venues in recovery without an issue. The same can't be said for those who go to bars in recovery. And I think that's because at music venues, what unifies every single person at the concert or show is the music. They're unified by the feelings and the culture and the style that the music produces. At a bar, what unifies people is simply the alcohol. Exactly. That's it. Yeah, we like the same drink. Let's hang out, bro. There are a wide range of emotions that are often associated with substance use. Emotions that are hard to navigate. And no substance is more indicative of those mixed emotions than psychedelics. The benefits are self-evident. The ability to create life-changing insight. A feeling of unification with our community. An indescribable appreciation for the world around us. However... It can also trigger our deepest fears, insecurities, confusion, and vulnerability. It may be easier to ignore, but I'd argue it is imperative we address these complex emotions head on. Because only then we can understand our motivations. Through this process of self-discovery, we can use those experiences to better face the challenges we're handed. I'm Quick Nick. Thanks for listening. Addicts in the Dark is brought to you in part by Melissa Armstrong Coaching. Check out Melissa Armstrong at www.strongarm.ca. That's www.strongarm.ca.